Hello and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is A Clockwork Orange, directed by Stanley Kubrick, starring Malcolm McDowell. My name is Cameron Tuttle and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing? I am pretty tired. Uh, <laughs> this movie did not help that, I think. Um, but no, I, overall, overall pretty good. Just trying to take care of myself in the best ways I can. Trying to plan a day off, Cameron. You know how it goes when you're doing too many things. So, yeah, a day off is is good. I I um I'm in like a a slowish season, not like super slow, but I'm feeling I'm feeling a little pumped. Mm. Um, I don't know why, but um, today had a good had a good day. You know, re- nice relaxing day at work, but um, overall, you know, doing doing good. Good. So. Man. Awesome. Awesome to hear it. Well, we don't really want to linger for too long. Um, Cameron and I have had a couple discussions before uh, with this film. We think it's there's a lot to get into. Uh, It's a very serious film. It's a very mature film. Uh, If you enjoy the show, you can support us at patreon.com slash ECFS productions, throw a couple dollars our way, get exclusive content, have your questions read on air and really just, you know, have instant access to ask a question. Uh, that that's kind of the big thing. If you're a Patreon, don't forget to write in. If you don't have a few dollars, it's all good. You can give us a rating on iTunes and tell friends and family. All that stuff helps the show grow. Um, usually we spend time talking about a bunch of nonsense, but this, I mean, camera, this movie's pretty serious, man. Like I, I, I feel like I, I'm, I feel like a little hesitant putting this out with my name attached to it. Cause it's for me, at least it's, it was thoroughly disturbing, but also, there's so much to talk about with it. And and I don't even know if I say that in a positive way, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I agree. There, there is a ton to talk about, um, both good and bad, I would say, in my perspective. Um, being someone who is a Kubrick fan, who's seen this movie before, um, and as someone who, you know, generally, you know, I, I've, I find myself to be a little bit more on the cynical side though probably not as cynical as as Kubrick or this movie. Um, but, uh, you know, someone who who sort of um, has tendencies towards maybe the 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 thesis of this movie. But um, I think there's so much to talk about in terms of. Uh, well, like I said last time, I'm pretty split on the movie, probably along with you. Maybe I think you're a lot more negative on it than I am, but um, very I'm I'm I don't think it's it's one of his best movies and i definitely think um it, it may be one of his more more flawed um classics of his sort of canon so um i i can't wait to talk about it with you uh but i think first and foremost we'll say just full spoilers ahead um we're going to pretty we're going to go pretty in deep with the um the content of the film and talk about a lot of the, um, you know, serious nature and tone. And along with that comes sort of a warning about the content that is probably going to be discussed in this episode, which is, um, sexual assault, um, violence against women, all of that sort of thing. Um, it's not a pleasant subject to talk about, uh, and I wouldn't blame you for, uh, not wanting to hear about it on your uh, <laughs> weekly entertainment show. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, no, uh, no, the, 
we're not going to mince words necessarily about what's in the show. So, um, uh, just, just a fair warning, you know, first and foremost. Um, and, and to say that, um, it's a very, I think what Isaac was saying earlier, um, was that it's a very mature movie in a lot of ways. And, um, it goes without saying that it is for a, a, a very adult audience. Um, and probably most people won't want to or um, won't be uh, particularly interested in the movie that, you know, what this movie has to say. So um, with that being said, I'll just go sort of straight into the plot of the movie. Um, it tackles a um, main, the main character, his name is Alex, um, and he's sort of in a gang of delinquents, um, juveniles in a dystopian future. Um, they are, um, it's, it's sort of portrayed that, that he's going, uh, he's, he's very much a, not just a, you know, going and robbing people or whatever. Um, you know, what, what your image of a juvenile delinquent would be, uh, you know, like robbing the liquor store or something. Um, it's very much a um, sadistic gang and one that is deliberately going out to be antisocial and um, against sort of the the uh, you know society as a whole. Um, and the the gang in the beginning of the movie perpetrates a series of um, of very extreme crimes, um, including beating up a homeless man um I, uh going into uh invading a, a home and raping a woman um there's uh, another home invasion sort of a little bit later on um where he actually uh kills a woman and um there sort of at the the third mark um there's a bit of a change in tone and pace as Alex goes to jail and um, he's sort of in the normal prison system that you would actually see, you know, in, in a, a normal movie, not a dystopian movie. Um, and eventually he turns to um, an experiment, uh, an, uh, sort of an experimental rehabilitation of, um, you know, criminals who are extremely disturbed, I guess you could say. And, um, the part of the, uh, probably the most famous sequence of the movie actually, um, is his forced, um, compliance with, I guess, societal norms. So, um, they, they essentially strap him down to a, um, to a chair and make sure that he doesn't close his eyes by, you know, opening them with a contraption. Um, and make him watch essentially the same egregious acts that that he did earlier in the film um, in a way that turns him into basically having an involuntary reaction to his um, his own crimes. Um, and then sort of it that that sort of whole all plays out. Um, it's kind of a, a pretty long sequence of the movie, I would say. Um, and then in in the last little part, um, maybe the weakest part though could be the most potentially interesting. Um, there's, the, there's a lot of, 
um, hubbub about, you know, this experimental treatment um, in society. And so people are very upset about his his lack of freedom, um, his moral agency. Basically, you know, people argue that he's not uh, turned he's turned into an animal, essentially. He's not he's not a human anymore. He doesn't have a moral choice. Um, and, uh, you know, by the end of the movie, again, full spoilers ahead, by the end of the movie, he's, um, reassigned or he's, you know, basically he's given back his, his moral authority, um, to commit the crimes again. So the sort of the main thesis of the movie in a lot of ways talks about, um, moral agency, the ability to choose good or bad. Um, but in in a lot of ways, I think the movie's thesis um, is one, that if you're not given a choice to be bad, there is no good. Um, and second, that there are people, I think I think the movie sort of lands on the fact that there are people who are inherently bad. Um, and there is no rehabilitation for some people. Um, that would be my interpretation of the film, though obviously I think there can be differences, and I think that's going to be the main point of the discussion is what, you know, sort of, w what does Kubrick mean by um, the last lines of the movie? What does Kubrick mean by um, sort of the extreme nature of, of how he portrays everything? And also... Um, sort of how does he get to this conclusion or, or what, what steps does he use to, to sort of lead you to the, to, to, to water in a sense? Um, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of the main overview again, content warning all in there. So, right. um, there's lots of, of things that go wrong in this movie, uh, that are, um, I would say particularly uh, torturous to watch in some some places. So. Oh, no, most definitely. Um, I think this movie, as described, like just in terms of, you know, the the point A to point B of the story, like it, it's definitely pulled from literature. Now, A Clockwork Orange mm -hmm. is based on a book. It reminds me a lot, actually, of a book I read in English called Native Son, which I notoriously hated. Um, and it actually had me considering a lot of different uh, other books that I read in English, like um, uh, most famously Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, which mm. is actually the, the, the book I thought about the most in consideration for this. That is um, so accurate. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I... The, the main purpose that I wanted to introduce Mary Shelley's Frankenstein into this conversation is some of the themes in that book are just because something can be done doesn't mean it should be done, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I was feeling the entire time with this film. Uh, I think that the themes and the ideas of the novel or of the book, right, could have been explored in a way that was not so... I think you said it perfectly, like torturous to watch on screen. Um, I don't understand why a film would be put together in, in this kind of 
in, in this way. And for the first time, I think ever since I've watched a movie, um, I was like physically ill in the first 20 minutes of this movie. I texted you, Cameron, and I was like, I can't believe it's only been 20 minutes. Like, it feels like I've been stuck here for hours, you know, watching this. Um, genuinely, like, I wanted to shut this movie off pretty early on. Um, and I think it's... I think what permeates your senses is how, like, sadistic the movie is in terms of, like, the level of darkness and horrible things that are happening on screen. But it also like has the characters lollygalling in a grounded manner, you know, like they're, they're enjoying their crimes and it's never taken like the Joker having a fun time or even like a movie that we talk about a lot that I hate on the show is Eraserhead where, you know, that movie at least has a sense of absurdity with it. You know, for some reason, yeah, yeah. this film, despite how crazy the things are on screen, it doesn't feel absurd. It feels painful to view, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just genuinely like I, 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 I continually thought throughout this film, right? Like just because it can be done, you know, as a casual viewer, I definitely don't want to sit through that. Right. I don't want anyone else to sit through anything like that. You know, should it have been have been done? And I know that there are Kubrick fans that would most definitely argue. Yes. Right. Uh, I know that there are people that are like this pushes boundaries. But so much about this podcast, Cameron, for you and I is kind of, you know, having an open conversation about like, are these boundaries like worth the experience as a viewer you know like are are yeah like exploring film like at the end of the day most of us got into it for a fun reason right um and how does that translate to a audience member who's just walking in looking for a good time you know i think the movies that have stuck in a profound way are films that are able to kind of teeter that line where they hook you with your dumb entertainment brain and they somehow bring you to a point of like life reflection that you've never uh, uh, considered right those are the movies that resound with me um now i know that there are more experienced film watchers who appreciate a challenge you know i think this movie is a challenge right and so some of you might be excited by that but i think this movie goes a step even further than that and i think and and where it falls apart for me um, is not actually the offensive kind of painful viewing aspect. It's how it fumbles the messaging towards the end. Or it gets distracted with little things that, you know, makes the suffering almost unfair to, to the viewer. Like, because like, yeah. there was a moment in this movie halfway through, which I think the middle portion is the best portion. I yeah totally there's a clicking moment where they strap this criminal to the chair and he's forced to watch these things that you had to watch as an audience member and there's this feeling that you get as a viewer where you're like I'm not alone in this suffering you know like this guy like has to go through it and this this incredible switch happens where all of a sudden 
because he's having those feelings, you suddenly relate with him, which makes no sense, right? Like there's like this amazing moment yeah. in the in the film, right? And I think it it culminates in that scene. But I once the credits rolled, I was like, I don't think that was worth it, you know? Yeah, and I I would say um I totally agree that it fumbles um, a lot of the ending where it could have been very poignant um, as well, just as what you were saying. I mean, there is there's that switch where he's um, being forced to experience what you've experienced through, you know, the beginning of the movie. There is there is both the amazing sort of vengeance aspect of it where you're like, yes, you want him to. Uh, to experience this but then there's the moral element on top of that where you feel you where you do feel kind of bad that he's being experienced to watch this as well um and like you're saying you you do kind of um maybe empathize or relate with him in in that chair you know being sort of forced to to experience his his own actions um and there's something very beautiful and very poetic about that moment and it really and it could have worked a lot it could have really hit it home um but i i totally agree that that last sort of third where he you know he tries to commit suicide he wakes up in the hospital um and you know he's he's sort of bombarded with uh with politicians and blah 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 it muddies a lot of the messaging of the movie and i i think um to its its own detriment too and it tries to throw in things that maybe aren't even necessary um i would so in my rewriting of this movie um because i i think you're probably maybe on board with this too i think there is something um valuable in the in in the essence of this movie i think there there is something um, strong and, um, and interesting about sort of the premise of, of what's going on. Um, and even, even if you show the, the terror and the darkness in the beginning and make it conclude with something that is, uh, poignant in the end, um, I think that does work in, in a, um, probably a challenging way and maybe a more challenging way than most, uh audiences would would be willing to to meet with but still in a worthwhile way um but i think where this movie drops the ball is it gets distracted by so many other things that are maybe happening on the periphery um that weren't really the focus weren't really the thesis of the movie um and end up sort of totally veering off into um like bland political commentary basically yeah um which is which is disappointing because there are those those high highs of you watching alex strapped to the chair realizing that you are that he is now going through what you have gone through um having that moment of of understanding then relating then being horrified that you relate and then sort of the acceptance on the other side or the questions uh, of of what that means 
um, there's something really powerful in that moment and that and in that sequence. Um, but to have it be really sort of sullied by uh, just, I would say, a, a boring third act more than anything um, is is disappointing to me. And, and it's something that I think not a lot of critics talk about in terms of of sort of the discussion of this movie. Um, so I, I, I'm in full agreement that this this movie fumbles, um, it fumbles at the goal line, basically, uh, <laughs> where it could have been, um, it could have been really great. Uh, and I think you, you made an interesting point. We had, uh, uh, dinner the other night and, um, you made an interesting point about how the movie is not just sort of one note or one perspective sort of ideological but in in a in a way that um uh totally sort of alienates you as an audience member where it could have had a um maybe at the very least a an element of the good in all of the rough um, right and i think i think for many people probably myself included that would have made the movie a lot more not just a lot more palatable um because i i wouldn't in my mind i i don't necessarily i don't hold the view that you do necessarily that all movies have to be palatable all the time i think i think there's room for um extremely um either grotesque or um dangerous or sort of um movies of this nature where the, it is tackling something extreme. Um, I don't think that's, I don't think there's something inherently wrong with that, but I do agree with you that there is something wrong. If you, um, if you do that and then you don't, you don't push it all the way, you know, you don't, you don't make it succeed in the end. Um, and I think this, I think this movie does mess up. I think it, I think it messes up, um, around the probably hour and 30 minute mark, um, where it could have, it could have worked way better than it does, but it does go on for another sort of 50 minutes of inanity, uh, where it turns into sort of, it, it's, it's dull, basically it's, it's, it's boring. Um, and not just boring, it's, it leaves what it had to say behind um, to explore something new that isn't as good or isn't as um, interesting, which, think, which is a bummer. Yeah, I, I think that because we've been going through Kubrick movies, and I have some experience with Kubrick, right? This film feels the most alien to me. More than yeah. 2001. Yeah. That, More, that's what I said. That's that's what I said um, yeah. last week too. Yeah. And so I think what really frustrated me is that there's this alien sort of ideology or this perspective, right? Um, absolute distrust in the human race. And, you know, there, there's essentially no representation of good in this film, right? Um, and the themes of the film are fully focused around the moral good and bad 
you know? Yeah. And it, and it reminds me of a certain thought that I've had. And I know I said this to you at dinner, but you know, you see people on the side of the road with signs, you know, protesting or, or thinking about some sort of, I like political ideology or, or some sort of a specific topic where, you know, you see the signs, you know exactly where, what side they're landing on. And I always wondered like, what would happen if you walked up to these people and just asked them, is there anything I could ever say or ever do that would maybe have you doubt your perspective? You know what I mean? Just a tiny, just open the conversation. Could it be possible that there's a room for, there's some room for gray? And, you know, I would hope that people would say that, you know, but if they're as far as putting the signs out there, it doesn't seem like they really want to have a conversation in the first place, you know? Um, and this movie, I feel like it, it stands in that regard where there is no room for good. It is extremely black. There is no white in the yin and yang, you know? Uh, it's like there, there's one side to the equation and that's the perspective that this movie, this movie takes, you know? And, and there's a world in which you can see the, um, the element of where the good is creeping in. So, you know, if we're, if we're talking about the yin and yang, you know, the, the, the black, um, we're focusing purely on the black side here, but there's a world where, you know, there could be the white dot in the middle of the black side, um, and and I, I agree. There's there's something that that isn't there. Um, but while I mean, you're right, it is focused on entirely the. It's a moral movie. It's a it's a movie about the question of morality. But it it only believes that humanity can be one. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like there yeah. is no good character in this movie at all. There's not even an ounce I, of. I think I think that's not true but it comes in the half that is or sort of the third that is the best um it's the good character is is the priest character in the prison actually um who is basically unadulterated throughout the you know the course of the movie and in fact if if <laughs> if the movie had given the priest character basically you know stereotypical bad priestly things to do um, that would make this movie like a total failure, I would say. But mm. but I I think I think the moral question that the priest poses um, is is there rehabilitation um, through uh, is there actual rehabilitation um, is there sort of a true in a, in a mechanical sense is there a true re- rehabilitation where you turn someone who is m- completely morally evil um to someone who is um able to choose uh between good and evil and yeah. and the movie concludes with saying basically no <laughs> right right yeah i just i mean like i feel like we are giving what's sad is that like you know even in this conversation about the film, right? We're giving it so much like rich meaning. And I mean, there's a lot. No, I think, I think there is rich meaning in the movie. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to pick apart and dive into and stuff, but like, 
it makes me it makes me angry because I feel like if you're a listener of the show, you're getting the best parts of the film without suffering through it. You know what I mean? And I, I, I yeah, there's a part of me that's like, you really don't need to suffer through this. You know, like that's kind of how I feel because it doesn't stick the landing. It doesn't, I mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm telling you guys, like I was physically disgusted. Like my stomach was curling watching this film. Right. I've never had that happen with a movie. And I'm just like, it's so upsetting to me. And I think the biggest thing that kind of drives me nuts about this movie, the more I think about it, isn't the, isn't some of the ideas it's presenting. It's not even the way that I believe it fumbled. Right. It's, I think the thing that irritates me the most, it comes back to the point of this podcast is that I know that there are like cinephiles and crazy movie heads that are like, isn't it awesome? And there's a there, this is where this is why I brought in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, because that theme is the only thing I can t- continue thinking about. Right. In in this in this conversation, in this review it's like just because it could be said doesn't mean it needs to be said, you know, and well, well I want to I want to take a little bit of issue with with that, um, because there is something I think there's something to be said about a, a movie that or a an essay or a um you know a, a book or something that um attempts to say something meaningful um but fumbles in a certain way that it it becomes not meaningful. Um and that doesn't mean that it shouldn't have been tried. Um it just means that it was it was wrong to do it in a certain way. So, so I don't, I don't, I disagree that it, um, my, my, uh, why I liked that you brought up the Mary Shelley uh, example actually is because a lot of not just the, um, you know, the theme of that. So the themes of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, um, definitely deal with just because it should be tried. And the themes of this movie also deal with, just because it can be done, uh, you know, just because we can rehabilitate someone uh, by force doesn't mean we should. And that's a major part in sort of the the that second uh, movement. Right, um, right. And so, you know, so I, I agree with you on that sense. And then at the same time, Frankenstein is a monster not of his own volition, essentially, um, wherein Alex... Um, and I think the thesis of this movie, where I, I uh, disagree with it quite a bit, um, the thesis of this movie is that Alex is also a uh, monster, probably not of his own volition. Um, Alex is just a monster. Um, there's no nuance in in him. He is he is just what he is. Um, right. Whether and, or and- not he's born there or whether, you know, society or whatever else. Um you know, we're not told that we're not, we're told to infer that he is, he is just a monster. Um, so. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's, and I, the other book I brought up was native son is it has a very similar conclusion, right? Um, that it was like, not only was society pushing him to the point of where he is right. in that book, um, very similar subject matter with murder and not, 
think like it's like he knows he does something wrong but there's no point in confession you know it's kind of like he's like i am what i am and i'm ready to die and burn you know yeah and i it's just like it's so it's like at a place that i almost believe is i mean sure maybe just for the philosophical exploration of the idea but it it's almost devoid of humanity you know like it, it's 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 missing, but I I wonder because I think you can make an argument that there are um, some people, and I think a lot of movies that are sort of crime uh, dramas and and ex- explore uh, explorations of you know that sort of serial killer subgenre or whatever. Um, I think they sort of touch on this too, where you know some people are maybe beyond um, what we would call human, essentially, in, in their ability to, to commit heinous acts. Um, but I think, I think at the same time, and this is probably what you're, you're pointing out, too, is um, it's a mistake to consider that not a human element, um, the ability to do wrong. Um, yeah. And, and I think... I think you're right in saying that the um the movie has no sense that there is a right act <laughs> yeah um, that there is something that he could have chosen to do better and, and i think i think there's something um there's something so disappointing about the fact that alex as a character um has he he's basically never even given any agency essentially um he just does what is wrong <laughs> right um, right there there's no there's no like there's no choice in his head of you know whether or not he should do something wrong or or, or anything like that he just is basically like devil incarnate um which is which is a missed I think it's a missed opportunity and I I think that's where that's where probably the moral complexity of the book um, probably makes it a, a much more interesting read or much more interesting subject because where it um, diverges is sort of in the end um, Alex goes back to you know be, basically being able to to commit right and wrong. And eventually he chooses to not be a delinquent and not be um, sort of a moral blight. Um, And there's a question there of like, yeah, maybe that's a that's sort of a good ending of, you know, uh, maybe a more Hollywood ending, I guess. Um, But it's probably a more true ending as well. Um, And something that that is probably more interesting for most audience members to grapple with um i just i mean like just you talking about the idea that there he alex as a character does he never seems to have a conflict in a moral decision yeah it's just it's like ironic to me that this entire movie's theme is morality but there's never a struggle yeah, there's morality. no moral choices made in in the movie. You know, I heard this, Cameron. There's this. 
I don't know. Like I heard this um, sermon when I was a lot younger and just like spending time in the church and whatnot. And it was like, they were talking about the idea of like temptation and how like, mo like if so, if you, if you like put a standard for yourself, right. And you like struggle to decide to not do something versus doing something like that is like, that's like a part of the process. That's something that's like difficult for you to like bear down and you struggle through doing, making this moral decision. Right. But what I found interesting about this, this pastor sermon is that he was like, you know, there are people out there that don't even consider, you know, like, like doing ever anything de- different, like, yeah. yeah, deciding or struggling with it. Right. Um, there's no, there's no, they don't understand temptation because there wasn't ever a decision, right? Like it was like, I'll just do what I wanted to. And there's nothing good or bad about that, you know? Um, and so like, I don't know, like I just, I think I'm a, my, just subjectively, I, I'm raised with a consideration for consequence in most things, even like the smallest things, you know, like spending gas versus or spending money on gas versus spending money on coffee. Right. Literally, my major is economics. You know, it's just weighing this for that, you know. Um, and so maybe I'm messed up in the head, you know, but a movie that's devoid of that, that mental state, it's a it's absurd to me. Like it's no, genuinely but, absurd, you know. But I think it I think it certainly could be done. Like I think for example, um many well like something like House of Cards, right? Um is a movie where or a show where you follow a a character who is plainly evil, um but is um reasonable in the way that he is completely self-interested. Um, right. And that's something that we all get behind, right? There's some, there's something about the fact that we can all, we can all understand why you would do something um, to better your your own position in life, essentially. Yeah. Um, and I think I think on the flip side, there is something interesting that you could say about um, a character who has no consideration for. Um, his own self-interest and is wholly self-destructive. I think there's perfectly an, you know, I I think it it totally can exist. Um, But the, the problem with this movie is there isn't even, that's not even in the cards necessarily. Like there's no, there's, it's not as if there are, you know, consequences for Alex. Like, it's not like he, he goes to jail and gets his brain redone and um that's like a bad thing like he wants his brain redone and he wants all of these bad things to happen to him yeah um which is extremely devoid of anything that we would consider to be sort of you know the human experience like you said so so i i think you're you're spot on with the fact that um there's something there's something alien about this movie um and Kubrick, in a lot of ways, I think as his career progresses, he becomes a little bit more and more alien. 
But I, I think this is the height of his detachment um, from humanity in a lot of ways. Even, you know, with with The Shining and even with um, with uh, Full Metal Jacket, um, there's something a little bit relatable about um, everything that's happening. And, and, you know, The Shining has has a character who, you know, who, who you feel bad for. Um, not just as sort of a, a passing victim, but as a as a real character. Um, yeah. And that's a major improvement, whereas this is like that there's nobody, nobody that you connect with, either good or bad. You're just seeing bad go on. Um, yeah, there's you you witness these. I, I think you bring up House of Cards is good. I think there's there was a huge surge in like the t- 2010s or late 2000s of like TV shows that tackled anti anti heroes in a much more human fashion, even though maybe they're not to the artistry level of this movie. I mean, there's no doubt that there are, there are creative cinematic moments in this movie that are like it, it's it, you know it's it's just it's Kubrick being himself i think i'm more disappointed in i mean what we've been talking about essentially right um there's like i mean because we i had been talking about game of thrones with you cameron at this dinner as well and it's like the world that's presented in that show is so like evil and dark but i think what's so fascinating is those weird moments of like selflessness that is taken by the characters that like it just it always comes in at a moment where you're like, I I don't want to watch this anymore. But now I'm just I I can't believe that character did something good. You know, even the worst yeah. characters have these weird moments of goodness. Like, yeah, um, like I think Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Or the Hound has like this weird sure. arc. Right. Um, and I think that's why people like Breaking Bad, too. Right. Is that there's like the, there's a human logical line that you can follow with Walter White where he's like. I'm making these terrible decisions for a good reason. You know, like that's powerful, right? And and it goes like to full length. I haven't watched the show, but I know that like people are like, it's like profound how far that 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 line of thought goes, right? And what it does to him as a character. And so I just I don't know, like this 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 movie, like I'm disappointed that it doesn't it doesn't say something profound when it is so horrific, you know, like it is like, I, I was, I was like, man, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be something and it gets you halfway through, you know, like that, the halfway through Mark where he's suffering, you're like, it's coming to get like something is happening here. You know, it's so close. It's, it's so close. So, it, it is, it is not only frustrating because of the content, but it's frustrating because it's so close, you know. Yeah. It, it like it it nearly sticks the landing, I think. And but it just it to- you're right. It just fumbles. It to- it totally does. And, and it's so it 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 is extremely frustrating the fact that um, it could have been so profound, um, going as sort of dark as it does, um, but in in a way it it really everything sort of melts in that final act um 
in a it, it's it's yeah it's it's very disappointing and i think i think like it's telling what people remember from this movie too it's telling the fact that the most memorable sort of most famous scenes are you know or most famous images maybe are alex you know um uh strapped to the chair with his eyes open you know and and there's something very powerful because I think that is the most powerful element of the movie um, where you're not only reconciling with your own um, distaste for what you've seen, you're reconciling with your f- feeling of happiness that there's a re- there's revenge got uh, basically gotten on this character. And then feeling a little bit horrified that you're feeling happy that there's revenge happening on this character too. <laughs> you know, like yeah. there's, there's this wrapping of so many of like three, four five different emotions all in this sequence um, that are just, I, I think like it's, it's so close to brilliance um, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't stick it. It's, it's really, yeah, it's a bummer. And and I think I think I mean even on my first viewing I came away being um mostly disturbed by the movie more than anything. Um which is kinda saying something. Like I don't I'm not one to to like be super disturbed by movies. Um I I think I I think some movies that are like intentionally disturbing um, can be interesting. And, um, I, I have like a a morbid curiosity about certain, um, areas of cinema that, you know, where, where people go. Um, but this one just kind of mostly disturbed me. Um, and then on top of it, I was left with a lot of really amazing and sort of interesting Kubrickian, um, visuals and sort of stylistic flair that is, um, pretty much unmatched. I mean, he's like the master of doing things that are, um, that stick in your mind, images that stick in your mind, basically. Um, so those two things were left sort of in my, in my brain. Um, but on this viewing, there's, there's a certain, yeah, a certain disappointment and, a bit of sadness for me too, where, um, I can see, I can see the shape of something great and I can see the shape of something that is maybe transcendent in a way. Um, but it just, it like evaporates by the end. Um, (laughs) and I'm left with, with nothing but, you know, dust essentially. It's, it's, it's very disappointing. Um, yeah, it it really makes me feel like most people shouldn't watch this movie it's not even like if you're interested you know go ahead it's not even like if you're a kubrick fan you know like to me it's a stain on my perspective on what he does you know and i'm sure we're gonna watch much worse you know destroying uh you know or breaking boundaries of disgust and things like that but probably not <laughs> i mean like i, that, I I would say like this is this is like on the on the higher end of things that are both considered 
extreme and um in the in sort of the canon and in what's normally recognized as sort of you know high cinema i guess yeah and that what this is 1971 yeah it's, cr- it's crazy I, it, I mean, it's, it's crazy. genuinely like shock it's still shocking today yeah. um probably and, and, more so actually yeah the the use of like i mean this is the thing is like you think of a movie like this right my my inter because everyone knows like there's rape in this movie right yeah um but it's not just rape you know like it's like there's like joyful like i uh, villains joyfully prancing around gagging and violently beating people that are older than them only to follow by like rape right and then there's also like hyper sexualized imagery like just constant use of nudity throughout the film even in the final act which cameron you and i were talking about like this random throwaway moment where a doctor and a nurse are having sex like randomly towards like the last 10 minutes of the movie yeah it's like it's supposed to be a gag or something like it's not that funny but this um, movie like like a moment like that for me is like it makes me not just disappointed but it makes me disdain like disdain like i just i hate this film you know (laughs) and it's not it's not even like in the way that i hated Eraserhead because I've been thinking about that like Eraserhead like I hated because I was just so like what like that movie I was like this is so gross like who would ever want to make anything like this and be attached to this right and I imagine you laughing Cameron right but this movie is like why would like I know you want to say something but you didn't say it elegantly You, you said it like holding a political sign you know it's kind of how I felt only to show me it like to be honest this movie has the and this is a harsh statement coming from me this movie has the same energy as showing aborted fetuses uh at a pro-life rally and to me like that like i'm not trying to say any sort of political commentary but it's like horrific one-sided and genuinely like disturbing and there's like i don't think there's any way any human could deny that feeling about this movie you know um yeah. I, I don't know like that that's like genuinely how i feel about it and like i know that is a very difficult comparison right i but- i can i i sort of see what you're what you mean by that i i i don't think that's wrong um but i i think in the same way that you're like yeah, maybe some people at the pro-life rally like are making sense, but there's also like this element that is like really, you know, it's too much. You know, it's where like yes, you want yes. to dial things to the to the right amount. Um, and Kubrick, I think he just misses it on this time. Yeah, um, and and I I don't think he's incapable of making things that are. Um, we watch poignant. Paths of Glory. You know, totally. Yeah. Like Paths um, of Glory is genuinely a much more human film than this. Oh, yeah. And to- it's just totally, and yeah. it's disturbing, too. Like it is disturbing. Yeah. Not not quite not quite as much. I don't think. But. <laughs> yeah. But it's 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 handled in a way that is like. 
you know, that bold zest on the noodles that you ordered where it's like, oh, wow, they balanced that just right. You know, like where it's like it hit correctly. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it was, I don't know, like, yeah, I just, I don't know, like this movie, I'm not sure who needs to watch this. And for for me, like that is that is why I needed to do this episode. It's because I don't think this is a movie that should be on your list. And I know that there are people that disagree, but this is my perspective coming as a casual. And I don't believe that I'm being stupid or naive or not aware. Like I I sat through the thing. I I thought about it for a long time. I, I did not consider this review to be something that I'm half-assing, you know? Yeah, I, no, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I, I agree with that, actually, a lot. You know, like, this is probably the most prepared I felt for a show um, because I feel very serious about it. I'm not saying that certain ideas in this movie shouldn't be explored. I found the execution to be something that should be pretty much avoided and where i'm sitting with the land is like as you hear that perspective i know that there are some people that want to dive in you know and if you've got this far in the episode and you're listening to this it's like i feel like you probably have some good context for like what to expect with this movie and you know what what you want to or what you're going to see and how you're going to sit through it and stuff I hope that I added something better for this movie because I felt like I really had to struggle with this one um, for a long time. And genuinely, you know, I'm putting this on a show that I'm proud of. You know, this podcast, Cameron, I'm proud of the show. It's a stain to be able to talk about uh, to talk about this film. People will see this movie under my project in my life and they'll judge me for having a review. They won't even listen to what I have to say about this movie. You know? Well, I think one either that's not true because um, anybody who I I think I don't think that's true, but, but only because I think um, if you've done an hour long uh, uh, episode on A Clockwork Orange, and if someone who has seen A Clockwork Orange um, isn't interested in sort of the discussion around it, like I think. I think that's um, that's wrong. But also, um, someone who hasn't seen a, Cl- a Clockwork Orange just knows it basically as a Kubrick movie, essentially. You know, like it's not. I don't think. I don't think there's anything like it's not in the modern sort of zeitgeist. I would say so. I, I yeah. I'm not. I'm not worried about that in that way. And I think, um, you know, your your opinions on this movie are are entirely valid. Um, and I think we both have genuine criticisms of it in a way that, um, that, that everyone, even people who are sort of hardcore Kubrick fans, I would say myself included, um, uh, can sort of understand or, you know, at least, um, empathize with. And, and I would say, um, I completely agree that this I think this episode, um, you think that, you know, this, you're, you're obviously proud of the show and, you know, whatever else, uh, but you think this episode is a stain. I think this episode is one to be proud of as well, because it's, it's something that we're, 
um, diving into um, completely sincerely um, as people who are, you know, both movie fans and people who are interested in sort of the the finer the granularities of of you know this this kind of topic like morality and um you know thoughts on good and evil like i i think i think we're coming at this from a from a very interesting perspective so i wouldn't i wouldn't put that you know anywhere near sort of being ashamed of of you know this episode or anything like that so I, yeah i mean i don't think it's that i'm like this episode i i think our conversation has been good i just I know that there are people who have not seen the movie but know about the movie that are going to see this kind of review and they're going to be like, what, you know, like, I'm just thinking of like certain family members I know they're going to be like, what is Isaac doing? Like watching a movie like that, you know? And I agree with them. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what's, <laughs> that's what's so difficult about it, you know? It's, it's like, I'm like, dude, I didn't want to watch this, you know? And what what made it even worse is that like for the first 40 minutes, I didn't want to watch it either, you know? And once it got to that turning point where I was like, maybe there's a way I can justify this, you know? Maybe there's something important here. That's where the the kind of fumbling, I was just like, oh, it it burns even worse, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, it burns sure. even worse for me. And no, I, I, so I, I think, I think there's no, there's no denying that it, it gets fumbled, but, um, you know, I, I will, I will, I'm not shy about the, the, the positives of this movie, which are, um, that moral dilemma, um, and that, that sort of, um, huge heavy hitting topic that he's, he's trying to tackle. Like, I don't, I, I think, I think one that it's an extremely challenging subject and extremely challenging thing to to discuss so um it's very it's very uh calvinist to be honest you know it is a little calvinist yeah, yeah. well and I, mean, and I would say this movie kind of has a and like maybe a, an extreme far right bent to it in a lot of ways oh yeah. um and uh it's kind of funny because like this this movie um that is like the um you know libertine sort of excesses of cinema in the 70s is also a movie that is extremely dour and cynical about humanity in in a way that is so um uh that's like right wing to its to its extreme so um i find that that interesting and and that sort of um also like you know the movie the movie is very clearly about um liberty and choice. Um, yeah. And I, and I think that's that's the strength of the movie is it makes a really strong case that um even if someone is wholly evil um there there is something to be said about forcing someone to be good um and whether or not that would be a better um that would be a better outcome. So I, I don't want to give it, I don't, I don't want to say that it, it doesn't say anything worthwhile. I think, I think it makes an interesting, um, point there and, a, and an interesting argument. So, um, you know, to, to, just to, to sort of conclude with that. And, and I will say, um, 
again, sort of giving Kubrick uh, some praise here. Um, the, I think the movie's visuals are are so stunning and unique um, in a way that that wholly complements the the thoughts of the movie. Um, extremely dour and and cynical, as we said, but um, like you know, like all other Kubrick movies, he finds a way to make something um stick in your mind and and totally like rattle around in there. Um and you know, there's things that that are pretty much unforgettable about the movie. Um so you know, to that end, I don't think I've ever said um to to anybody, oh, you should watch a Clockwork Orange. I don't think I've ever uttered that sentence, um, but I think there's there is something to be said about um, that about the movie in in terms of of Kubrick's lineage um, and his sort of historical uh, moment as as you know an auteur um, that has has left a certain amount of of interest um, for this you know aesthetic um and i i would say i would say it's a it's a wholly unique unique looking movie and probably a unique feeling movie in a lot of ways too though you know as we've said maybe not to the best ways um but it is i mean the the visuals i think are are extremely powerful um and and very very well done in my mind so um I think the yeah, I mean, the DPU we, we, is John Alcott, I I believe. Um uh he he did 2001 as well. So yeah, there's there are a couple of visuals I wanted to shout out with this film. I think the scene with spaghetti and wine, that weird room, uh that yeah. it just doesn't feel right. You know, yeah, there's something so, I think it's like the two-tiered like living room dining room it's really yes. awkward and then there's like the there's like i think there's paintings on the wall or there's books or something um yeah it's a very claustrophobic but also open floor plan somehow yes uh, yeah really weird and it's like one of those visual tricks or something where it's like you're walking towards a door but it's getting smaller very like alice in wonderland yeah looking. yeah yeah um, for sure and I have no idea why that guy lifting is like so buff too. <laughs> well, because like, he's got to pick up the he's got to pick up the guy in the wheelchair. No, I know. It's just like he's like, <laughs> he's awesome. He, that guy is awesome. You know, I don't know. I don't know why. He's the like, good he's, in the movie. <laughs> he is the only good in the movie, man. Those he is. It was uh, incredible. The guy totally jacked in, towards the end of the movie. I was like, you know, there's hope for humanity. You know. Um, that guy's basically Superman, you know, in this, <laughs> in this film. So, um, yeah, I, I, man, you know, like I think I, I love the conversation around free will. This is a very, like, I, I, I think this movie can really go into some theo uh, like theological places consideration for like again like very human issues it just lacks humanity you know and yeah i don't know it's it's difficult to like 
say it that way when I've seen Kubrick be so human, you know, with some of his other movies. Um, it's interesting, you know, you brought up the human element in The Shining because The Shining to me is very experiential. Like it's, it's, it's not human at all. It's more of a like psychological um, exploration where there's like this, and we talk about this a lot on the show where it's like an undeniable truth, like a, a, a door that you're not supposed to be a part of, a, like a spiritual curtain that's dropping where it's like, you're not supposed to see what's going on over there. But for some reason, people still talk about ghosts in this world, you know, even though there's like no way to prove it. I don't know why people believe in in the Sasquatch and stuff. You know, like there's there's like this mysterious element that's attached to humanity that's like impossible to comprehend and prove, but it's existed for so long, you know, like and and that movie captures that feeling and that's what like brings that into a human element for me. Like this movie um dist like continually distance itself uh in in most aspects. And yeah. it's and yeah, I mean, we're we're going in circles at this point, but that's like what's so tough is that it's Kubrick beginning to talk about some serious, you know, philosophical, theological ideas. Um, it's just kind of hard not to have like. Not to have that conversation without humanity in it yeah. for me. It's alien. You know? It's 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 an it's an alienating experience. This Absolutely. movie's not for the squirrels and the dogs, you know? No. Like it's for it's for people. And it's like it's so you you know, like it's so like no, it's also not for people too, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean Yeah, it's Yeah, the most human inhuman movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I I can't this critique of the film is the highest praise I can give the, give this film. <laughs> uh I I know that some people would think what's weird is that there are the people on both ends of it, the people who haven't seen it and think this movie's evil, you know. Uh they're going to listen to this and be like it's not harsh enough, right? Like this is not a harsh enough criticism. Like there's something Maybe. morally wrong about this movie, right? Which I agree with. Um, I know that you probably don't, Cameron. And then like the the I guess more cinephile types would be like, this is exactly the highest praise you can give this movie. You know, this is exactly what you should be saying about this film. You know that it. No, you know, no, that it. we're not we're not praising the movie enough. <laughs> we're yeah, criticizing. Yeah, the they're, movie. they're like, oh, they're t they're totally right there. You know, this is exactly what makes it great. And I just. I mean, I can see why you're split on it, man. I don't I don't like this film. It's weird because I don't even consider it the same hatred that I have for Eraserhead. It's a very different uh frustration. I can't <laughs> I can't describe it. You know Maybe we should it, go back and watch Eraserhead, because that's a great I mean, it's a great movie. It, it, but I, it is fun. Eraserhead is a fun movie. Um it it, it has the same construction as like a, a romantic comedy in a lot of ways. I would say, you know, it's a little more juvenile. Uh and and so like I could see like that alone like makes it more enjoyable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um 
but that doesn't make me want to watch that movie at all. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, well, yeah, I'll just, I'll just say, you know, in regards to this movie, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a hard movie to recommend at all. Um, which I think is fair because even Kubrick eventually, um, pulled it basically from, from, you know, I mean, he in in seventy three, like it it was given a the highest rating it was it could get in the UK, and then um, it was it was pulled basically and banned, and you know that was partially because of Kubrick. So um, I don't think you know I I think he probably understands um, somewhere in there that there's that he's missing an element of of humanness though. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know Kubrick. I don't know his motivations, but, um, I, I think it was, I think there was a misstep there and, um, it's a bummer because the, it could be so good. And, and I think, I think it doesn't dissuade me from, from liking Kubrick and enjoying his movies, even, even with my main criticism of Kubrick being that he is, t- he tends towards a very inhuman lens um, this is like the furthest, most example of that. Um, and you know, in some ways I, um, it definitely disappoints me that there's, that, um, it, it could be such a good movie, uh, and it's not, but at the same time, it's hard to deny there's, there's a brilliance in there. Um, there's a nugget and there's something, there's something golden after you dust off all of the, um, you know, all of the excess. I, I, I don't think that, I don't, I don't think there's any denying there's something, something deep in there. Um, just doesn't, doesn't quite pull, turn it around for me. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a harsh movie. It's a hard movie to, to sit through. Um, I'm not recommending it to anybody necessarily, but it's it's one that I think probably deserves to be talked about in in this way that we're doing right now. So I agree. I think the biggest the biggest issue with the conversation around this movie is a true like immaturity in approach, right? I mean, I can imagine the headlines in 71 about this film. You know, I can imagine hippie, you know, outbreaks where they're like, this is this is liberation, dude. This is like exactly what the world needs, you know? And it's like the it it all feels like there's a point being missed. And that point isn't even well stated, you know? Um so yeah, it's just I don't, I don't know. Like I agree. I mean, Cameron, you and I kind of agree on a lot about this movie, you know? Yeah, Um, I think so. Yeah. And I fully agree with you where it was like the only value I can see from this movie is the context of this conversation, this, this, this like this breakdown, this analysis, right? Um, Maybe that is why it is, a classic in the canon is that so much of this film relies on a heavy conversation and a heavy, like, you know, consideration of philosophy and different things like that. I think maybe that is it's, it's selling point 
But I just don't know that many people that are as big of nerds as we are, Cameron. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's enough people that can handle this this kind no, of I, I, deep yeah, thought about it. You I don't know? think so. Um, it's not to say that you couldn't conclude it, but I wouldn't. I mean, I wanted to have this conversation partly to hear Cameron's thoughts on it too. You know, I mean, I and we hope that. Honestly, like I hope this show makes it better for those of you who have suffered through it or those of you who decide not to, right? There's probably great value in in this alone. Um, but man, it's just I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we can, I can't we can't recommend this movie at all. So, I mean, it, we'll we'll see, Cameron. I'm interested to see how this episode does, or if it's gonna perform well at all. Um, my, I hope my par- I hope to God my parents do not see this. <laughs> that, that they ever see I reviewed this film, I would be disowned probably, um, or they'd have no idea what it was. <laughs> it's probably that too. They're like, oh, you know, I was like, oh, whatever. But they they're probably more offended that I watched uh, The Godfather. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah with that i think i think that's a good conclusion um yeah i mean you know there's there's still more to be said about kubrick and i think um i'm interested to see where our discussion goes uh we're gonna be watching barry linden next week um sort of a palate cleanser in a lot of ways uh, uh i've never seen this movie though it is three hours long so, you know, Isaac, Why? it's it's okay to break it up into segments. I I'm not I'm not uh I'm not upset about that. If you want to put it into chunks of an hour, that's okay with me. So, Man. um but uh treat it like TV, you know. But um anyways, I um yeah, I I this has always been one that has eluded me even though it's um I think, well, I don't know. I, I'm not going to talk about it yet, but. Um, oh, one more thing I wanted to mention, actually, is that there's an amazing review of A Clockwork Orange by uh, Roger Ebert. Um, and he just like tears this movie a new one. It's it's hilarious. And um, he kind of says some of the same things that we were saying, but um, in a much more uh, eloquent and Roger Ebert style. Um, he's very, very, well, he was very good at what he did. So um, I appreciate that. But one thing that I found kind of interesting about his critique and something that I've found over and over again with Ebert is that his, his, it's very clear that this is like a moral disgust with this movie that he has. Um, and he like totally disagrees with the thoughts of this movie, um, which I just find it kind of interesting as like a critic, um, someone who's sort of in the zeitgeist for being, you know, a main staple main figure as of, of, um, you know, the talk about cinema, um, Ebert just like shreds this movie. So, um, I would check that out. That's a, it's a fun review and, um, it'll always, uh, everything that Eber writes is always timeless. So, um, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I want to make clear, Cameron, you sent me this review before our conversation and I did not read it. Yeah. I purposefully did not read it. So but you should I mean, read I'll it now ch- after. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to check it out. I wanted to make sure 
my thoughts were my own. Yes. For this yes, yes. for this conversation. So good on you. Um, good good choice. <laughs> well, you're supposed to come informed, Cameron. I don't blame you for being deep in it. I'm that's my goal is to not really have any <laughs> idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. So yeah. If you hate my opinion, well, you're probably more educated than me. So <laughs> I uh yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, this is um it's been good, Cameron. It's been good. I'm I still can't tell if I wished I'd turned it off sooner. Um, so <laughs> no, because then we wouldn't share the show. If you think this is a good episode, we know? wouldn't Let me have just show for myself, you know? Yeah. So but. I think this was a, this was a great talk about the movie very in depth. And I would say it's um, something that, that it, you know, at the very least deserves to be discussed by someone who's, you know, treating it seriously um, as we are. So, yeah. Well, Cameron, is there just to close out, you know, let's let's go on a happier note. Let's go on something stupid here. Is there a movie that I've reviewed? Because I, I mean, we've been doing this for a little bit, a little while now that you think I have not taken seriously enough, you know, like because this movie Ooh. I took pretty seriously. You know, um, I think. I think, um, you know, we were talking about movies that have I've kind of come around on. Uh, playtime being one of them i can't imagine listening to my original review of playtime like <laughs> i feel like that would be one of the most embarrassing things for me to listen to i'd be like man i was so dumb like what was i the movie's boring you know like <laughs> i i mean like it's just i don't know if that's a good enough review i don't know if that's entertaining for this show i have no well, idea well, what's what's um, funny about the playtime review if i can remember um is you sort of start off by being super negative on the movie and sort of by the midway point when we talk about what's what's like amazing about the movie you you then start to come around <laughs> and you're like oh yeah that was that was a great part you know oh I yeah well, i remember <laughs> talking about the first half i'd not i didn't like it in the restaurant scene being what won me over yeah that was like my yeah. initial review where i was like i hated it but then it was pretty good you know like, yeah yeah so, and, and that was kind of the it, you like came in hot being like this movie sucked it was boring there's yeah, nothing good yeah. about it and then like by the end you're like well you know the restaurant scene was pretty awesome um yeah no i i um no i don't i don't think you took playtime like not seriously enough i guess um uh i just disagreed with you i'm trying to think i i i can't really think of any that we've well i i feel like at least for me um like you didn't love citizen kane at all um and that was one that that i had sort of um maybe dismissed at first and then sort of was, was won around by, um, or won over by, you know, sort of the, the second or third viewing. Um, and so I was trying to be like, yeah, but like, there's, there's more to it that you're missing. And like, part of it was that like, you, I, I don't think you were like following like what was going on that much. Um, and like, it probably was, was not very easy to follow every, you know, for, on the f first viewing, but, um, um, I don't know. I think I would, I don't know. Maybe that's one that, um, I, that we've talked about revisiting movies. Um, and, and I would like to sort of think back about what, what movies we, we should revisit. Um, cause I, I think there are a handful that like, um, 
you you grow on you know you it just it you sit with it and it grows on you um after a while and i don't know what it, i don't know what that is necessarily but um you know we watch this we watch the movies and and within a couple of days we're uh recording so it's not like we've had time to let it sort of settle um whereas like this movie i you know i watched it on thursday i think or wednesday or thursday so um and i think you watched it on saturday, saturday. yeah so yeah it's been a you know a couple days still but like it's you know we've we've sort of thought about it and we did talk about it a little bit um so we kind of hashed out some some thoughts um but yeah i i would say we we should think about the movies that you originally hated um and you know now are like looking back on and maybe that's a good thing for our audience to to send us um ones that you think isaac you know turned around on um so. and don't don't vote breathless my gosh <laughs> it's like that it there's always like this early episode because Cameron and i have done another podcast before it's always an early episode that just it never stops getting streamed and breathless <laughs> it just has the most streams i mean sure it's episode one but our last show it was like what was it, Cameron? Like weird presidents or something like, like episode three remember, or something yeah. of our old show. There was like this one stat on our old show that was like this terrible. It was like an episode that I was so disappointed in listening back, <laughs> and like people would not stop streaming it. Was it like presidential assassinations or something? So, or or oh, I think I remember what it was. It was like presidents you don't know. Oh or something yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Our and presidential like... assassination one was good. That was a good. Yeah, that no, good that show. one was fun. That one was fun. Um, yeah. I, I would, I was always disappointed with <laughs> the fact that we never did best wars. <laughs> <laughs> Our favorite wars. <laughs> favorite war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be such a terrible episode. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I'm glad we canned that show before we got canceled. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, I guess that, you know. (laughs) Okay. Well, we try to post every Monday. This one's going to come out late for you guys, but we hope you appreciate the show. You know what to do if you like it. um, And we'll see you next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support.